Hola y bienvenido a CigarCast, su parada semanal solo para todas las cosas relacionadas con el cigarro, incluyendo noticias de la industria, comentarios y todo lo que está entre. I am one of your hosts, Trey Edmond, and I am sitting here with a baffled Shane Reeves. You know, I'm... I'm usually trying to sabotage, but it's nice when you save the work for me and just go ahead and go in a different language. <laughs> well done. I have been wanting to try that for a while now, and we finally, you know what? We're home. We are back on your porch where it all started. We're not recording at uh, Crown this week, and it just felt like the time to break out a new trick. Well, well done. It's been it's been a busy week. It's been a really um, hectic week. It's nice to just sit back here on the porch and kind of soak it in, let the day roll by. Um, an update for all of our listeners out there: the dove has defeated me. <laughs> she built a nest in my wife's peace lily, and has had laid eggs and managed to show them to my wife before I seen them. So I can't. Get rid of the duck. I wondered why there was a white flag on the porch. <laughs> well, I, I'm going to get her in the middle of the night one night. I'm going to lay a body pillow on my side of the bed. I'm going to sneak out the window dressed all in black, scale the wall. What's the little rope between the two? Is it garot or garot? Garot. Garot. And I'm going to odd job her in the middle of the night. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly what's going to go on with this dove at some point in my life. But as of right now, she's... Watching on the cigar cast, laughing at me. As she has done previously and probably will continue to do, at least for the foreseeable future. But moving forward, so I have a present for you tonight, Trey. What is this? That is a Four Kicks limited edition mule kick from Crowned Heads. And I noticed 2017, they're really good about doing limited editions on a yearly basis. Um, I've had the one from 2012. Uh, what five years ago so (laughs) but i have not even heard anything about this one yet well i was in my local a different cigar shop um we were down in murfreesboro at the humidor which is a nice little shop other um i don't like that the humidors you smoke or that there's no humidor you kind of smoke in the shop with the cigars but we've discussed that before but he does a great job of keeping inventory mike has a great shop down there and i used to love when i was repping that would always be my first stop on my way into town from Atlanta into Nashville. And I used to love hanging out there. And I still have some friends that smoke there. And it's a, he's got inventory on point. Yeah, he's got it figured out. He had the cigar that I will be smoking here shortly. And we'll get into that in a minute. But he showed that to me. He said, Hey, I think I've only got this many left. And there was like five left in the box. And I couldn't imagine a world where the biggest crowned heads fanboy I know <laughs> didn't get one of them. Well, I got to tell you, I you know, I, I haven't lit it yet, but just smelling the cigar, it smells so familiar. Like, I know it may be a different cigar, it may be a different blend or whatnot, but it reminds me of the days when I just started smoking back in Waco. It's You know what it smells like? It smells like... Um, the CAO Red Label um, Maduro, right? Not not the one they make under General now. The one from like 2006. It smells so much like just rich and earthy and uh, man, it just that's they say that scent is the 
sense tied strongest to memory, or they say it in a way that sounds like English, and um, that that takes me back to that cigar shop. Well, I can't wait to see you fire it up. While you're firing that up, I'm going to talk about what I'm smoking All right. tonight. The reason for me to go to Mike's shop was because he put on his Facebook page that he had the Kentucky Fire Cured Swamp Thing. And I am pronouncing that correctly. It's spelled T-H-A-N-G. So it is the Swamp Thing. You make my bog sing. (laughs) I just wonder if that has anything to do with Marvel Comics, if they couldn't call it the Swamp Thing because Marvel Comics owns the Swamp... Well, Marvel Comics owns Man Thing. Um, DC Comics owns Swamp Thing. I thought Swamp Thing was universal. Mm. Or am I thinking... No, I'm thinking of The Thing. The Thing is is Universal Studios, but the um, Swamp Thing... It is the Kentucky Fire Cured Cigar, and it has a Candela wrapper and a Kentucky Fire Cured wrapper tip. Really creamy, really rich. This will be my second one I've had. I bought a, they have a convenient little tin pack. Um, just love the, I love the way Drew Estate does packaging and marketing. Uh, they do a great job of making the cigars affordable and in a, such a way that you get them and you don't have to worry about, am I ever going to find another one of these? They just do an excellent job of taking care of that. So I bought a 10-pack, and I bought the Toro size. These Toros are 5 by 55 very um, about that size cigar. Like, or excuse me, Toro is 6 by 52 Okay. It is the Thing Robusto, which is 5 by 54 And then once again, we've talked about it before with the rats. The Swamp Rat is 6 by 46 <laughs> But I do like what they did here, because usually like the Ratzilla is a much higher price cigar in that, um, I guess it's a chubby Lancero size. That, that sounds about right. And the Velvet Rat and all of those are a much higher price cigar in that range, but the Swamp Rat is still the same price as the Swamp Thing. Now, I'm going to light this cigar up, and then I have to tell you, I've got some Swamp Things at the Kentucky Fire Cured Barn Smoker in 2016 the one Glenda and I went to, and they were excellent. And then they disappeared. They never made it to the shelves in the next six months or so. And I finally asked Kyle one time, I said, Kyle, why has the Swamp Thing not made it to the shelf? He said, we're having trouble with the wrappers, keeping the Candela on. So the original ones I had were a Kentucky Fire Cured Cigar, and they had a Candela wrapper on the last end of them. So, whereas this one is mostly the foot that's the fire cured, it was further up? Well, no. Actually, this one, if you'll look at the profile where I cut it, they put a candela cap on this cigar. They wrapped this entire cigar candela and then Then they... tipped it in the KFC. And tipped it in the KFC to solve that problem. That's awesome. It's it's an interesting piece of ingenuity, and it actually improved the flavor of the cigar because the KFC tobacco is such a powerful powerful leaf you know yeah willie and i were talking about and he talked about blending with kfc willie herrera he talked about blending with kfc he said you use a leaf a quarter of a leaf a half a leaf he said you never could do binder and filler kfc tobacco he said you couldn't smoke it be so strong you couldn't handle it so um does it taste like the cao red um, no, I, I was I was going to interrupt you if you kept going very much longer because I wanted to say how great this is. I've barely gotten a quarter of an inch into it at this point, but 
you know, I'm not a huge four kicks fan. I am a crowned heads fanboy, as everyone knows. But the four kicks is one of those that doesn't really fit my palate as well as some of their other stuff. But this size, this, you know, it, it's a little bit bigger than you're normally going to find a four kicks. It's about uh, five and almost six inches but uh by 52 and it's the size that i like to smoke the best it's pretty much a toro and it's it's the cigar it's the size this cigar was made for this is really good well and this is what's amazing to me um you know i've always said i wish i was a bigger crowned heads fan i enjoy their stuff but it's never going to be the top of my list type cigars but I wish it was because I love the company, and they yeah. that cigar was ten dollars and forty two cents. Um, that's for a special edition, a limited run. That's unheard of. It's really cheap, and it's it's funny you say that because that's how I feel about Drew Estate as well. Which is that I really wish I was more of a fan of their cigars. Every time I have one, I enjoy it, but it's not something I reach for, or not something that I think of all the time. I think the availability of Drew Estate cigars sometimes leads us to take them for granted. It's kind of like the availability of Don Pepin. Mm-hmm. Um, I think sometimes you take them for granted. I think there is something inside a man that wants to hunt. Well, you know, and we've talked about that with in the past about how certain cigars you look for when you go into a humidor that you're not expecting to see. And I think there's something to be said for that. You know, you're not looking for when you get into the hobby, when you get, or maybe it's just individual personalities, but, you know, I'm not looking for a Macanudo because I know I'm going to find it. I want to find that gem. I want to find, I want to find that special thing. And so I'm going to give everyone a cigar um, humidor tip. I can't tell you the number of special edition and unseen cigars that I've found when walking into a humidor by looking up on the overstock shelves. Because a lot of times a cigar store will put their, um, the Opus Yellow Box is a great example of that. I found several of them in a humidor one time because as I walked in, I looked up and I seen that distinctive yellow box and the guy said, yeah, we put them up there so that not just everybody would grab them, but the guys that are regular know they're there. <laughs> and so I escaped with two of them and cheated some regular customer out of his bounty. The other thing when it comes to that sort of stuff is to look for the warehouse cigar shop in your town. Every major city has a cigar shop that's more of a more of a warehouse style than a lounge style Um in fact, in Dallas, it's actually called Cigar Warehouse. I wish I could remember the name of the one in Albuquerque that I love so much. And then there's Tobacco World in nor- just north of Atlanta in Kennesaw, or Marietta. And they move so much product, and they have so much real estate in their humidor to have a little bit of everything that inherently some stuff is going to get lost and so it just sits there for sometimes i saw a what that at that shop that i've mentioned before in albuquerque i saw a cigar a couple of original triple maduros 
um, Camachos in the Pyramid Box from 2008. Wow. And this was just three years ago. So, well, it, I had a, um, when I went to Prattville Cigar, I was on my way on a deer hunting trip with my father and brother, and we were going to Hatchachubi, Alabama. Say that five times fast. Uh, yeah. And we stopped at Prattville Cigar for me to get a few smokes because I never go through Prattville that I don't stop by and see that shop. That's just one of my favorite shops right outside of Huntsville or right outside of Birmingham. Excuse me. Uh, see, Huntsville. I've got a bone to pick with you on that. Uh huh. So, Bo and I were headed down to Mobile a few, uh, it's been a little over a month now. And we were, we were going to stop by Prattville on our way down there. And you're like, you know, it's just outside, just just outside of Birmingham. So, okay, so we're looking for it. We get through Birmingham. We, Birmingham is a distant speck in the rearview mirror, and we're looking, we're looking. We are practically knocking on the door of Montgomery before we see the signs for Prattville. <laughs> it's like, shoot, it was, it was another two hours past where I thought it was based on the way you described that. <laughs> well, direction giving may not be my strong suit, but I will say this. I bet she owns no less than eight billboards on I-65 stating where her cigar shop is. That is that is true. Once you once you get in the zip code, you <laughs> it's very easy to find the shop. How did you like the shop? Did y'all manage to stop by? We unfortunately were not able um, to make a stop just because of the timing of the trip and the nature of the hangover on the way home. <laughs> the fact that it was two hours out of the way. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> further off than you thought it would be. So... I stopped by there on my way on that hunting trip, and there was the original CAO Sopranos cigars. And this has only been about four years ago. They had been out of production for, I know, eight or nine years at that point. So see, finding the hidden gems, and anybody out there listening, I would love for you to post on Facebook and tell us where you found some hidden gems, because that just... that's just exciting to me. I love when I do that. And that's what, I mean... You know, the going back to the whole crown heads thing, you know, they've got the Tennessee Waltz, they've got the Yellow Rose of Texas, and they've got a couple of more, a couple more regional things that they're planning to do. And there's just something really exciting about walking into a shop and knowing that this is a cigar that I can't get anywhere else. Well, and we've talked about before, I always ask that question when I'm in a strange cigar shop, what can I get here that I can't get nowhere else? And... It's always interesting the answers you get in the different places as you go. Unfortunately, a lot of times you end up really spending a little more money than the cigar is worth when you're going for the specialty cigar. Has that been your experience? It, it, it has for the most part. And I, I will give away an industry secret, but I will leave names out just to protect the innocent. I was at a cigar shop. Uh, last August, and they were having a big event, a big anniversary event. And one of the things that they did, they, were, um, they do a lot of business with Perdomo. I, I will go that far. A ton of business with Perdomo. And so I was at this shop, their anniversary party. For their anniversary party, they came out with a house cigar. And it was, you know, it was supposed to be a, a an event cigar, but they were going to bring it and put it on the shelves. And I've smoked a every Perdomo that's ever been made, probably. And so I'm smoking the cigar, and it's a great cigar. And I'm saying, and I turned to the rep, who also happens to be a friend of mine, and I said, 
this tastes just like the Perdomo squared Maduro. And he just kind of gives me this look like, you win. Because <laughs> that's exactly <laughs> the cigar it was. They just put the, the shop-specific band on it. And that's, I'm not knocking that. I love that cigar. And if you love that cigar, you're going to love that house blend. Um, the sizes were different, and it wasn't box press, So I liked it that much better. Um, because the only thing I had against the Perdomo squared, which as the name would suggest, it is a box press. And so I was able to have that cigar, that blend without it being a box press. And I loved it. So just know that a lot of the times a house blends are going to be recreations or very close facsimiles of production cigars. Well, and to me, that's too, um, you're really talking about two different things. The quote house blend is usually an inexpensive cigar that you can buy in a bulk at a shop. Mm-hmm. Um, when you then when you talk about the special editions that you can only buy at this shop, right? That's usually a higher price tag. Mm-hmm. And a good house blend. I always think a cigar shop should have a good house blend. I really enjoy when a shop has a good house blend that just kind of you associate with that shop. And there's you know. It's really not that hard if you've been in business for a very long to get with one of your better manufacturers because they do it for a lot of people. You know, there's only so many blends, so they know what works for the price point you're looking for. Now, if you're doing a, a you know a Davidoff lounge, your house lounge, your house cigar, you probably want to not be a five dollar stick. You probably want it to be closer to an eight or nine dollar stick, and so there's whatever factory you're working with will be able to blend something for you in that arena. And so, but if you're a local mom and pop in a smaller town where most people are buying the lower end cigars, yeah, you probably want something in a five price range or whatever. Well, and the way it works in my experience has been usually the house blend cigar is not in a box. It's just in a bundle Mm -hmm. and it doesn't have a label on it. If it does, it's a label that was printed by the shop. That alone can knock a couple of bucks off a cigar because the manufacturer no longer has to handle that end of the deal. Well, a perfect example of that is here in town, Woody's used to be Woody's Smokes and Ales. Now it's just a part of um, the the liquor store next door. But it they have these honeycombs in their humidor. Anybody who's around this part of town has probably seen it and been in there. Um, Those cigars are fantastic and they sell through them gangbusters oh i've got a pack of a a bundle of them in my humidor right now because that's my go-to fishing cigar because it's a four dollar and fifty cent cigar right if i'm out on the lake and it slips out of my mouth and drowns i'm not you know it's not a padron so that that's what i use those for but yeah they're great cigar especially when you start talking about cigar for the money and that's something in the second half of the show i really want us to talk about Mm-hmm. is Cigar for the Money, because I've got a gripe about a couple of different cigars that have come out recently that I'm very excited about, and then you find out, man, that that, that would be better if it was like $5 cheaper. Right. <laughs> you know? So we're getting ready to step away to the break. Um, when we come back, let's talk Cigars for the Money a little bit. All right, let's do it. We will be right back after this. Hello, everybody. This is Kyle Davis with Drew Estate, and this is your Cigar Etiquette Tip of the Week. When cutting your cigar, 
Remember, you're trimming a little off the top. You're not shaving its head. So don't cut down to the band. Just take a little off the cap. And welcome back to the Cigar Cast. I'm one of your hosts, Shane Reeves, standing across from Trey Dedman. Welcome back, everybody. Okay, Trey, so you've smoked about half of the Mule Kick, the limited edition. On a scale of drop the baby and run out and get one to only get it if offered by a grouchy dictator in a third world country, where does it rate? Um, Seek out a store online and specifically go there to find it. It's it's that good. It really is. I would I would do a search for cigar shops that had this cigar if I hadn't had one yet and find one and go buy it. It's I mean, it's it's crown hits. It's a flavorful a little bit of spice, but not so much that you it's gonna put anybody off. You know, it's the four kicks blend, so it's very much crowd pleasing, but this size is just it's right on point. Well, I'll have, I should have picked up a couple of them, being as he knew he was going to run out of them. But I'll, I've got to give it a shot. Because like I said, the Four Kicks, it was the first Cigar Crown Heads made, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. I believe it was the very first one to come out of their line. And I enjoyed it, but it always seemed too short. So I think that may cure that for me. Yeah, I think it probably would. I think you would be pleasantly surprised if someone... I mean, for the most part, you and I have a very similar palate. So I think this one, I think this version of this cigar would fit yours very well. Well, and the Swamp Thing, here's the thing about the KFC and the Swamp Thing both. They're so aromatic, about one a week is plenty for me. To the point that I just, while we were on break, was sitting here going, hey, one of your neighbors is grilling tonight, because I forgot that you were smoking that, and then as soon as you (laughs) mentioned that that's what you were smoking, I went, oh, that's what I was smelling. It wasn't... (laughs) Yeah, it's it's really aromatic. It's a great tobacco, but I don't... It's not something I want every time I reach for a cigar. I like to kind of take my time, but now the pricing on it's good. The pricing on the Swamp Thing's good. The pricing on the KFCs has always been good. Um, actually, so good that I think that some stores have trouble keeping the KFCs in stock. I see the KFC boxes sitting empty more places. And they've gotten better about distribution in recent years than when they first came out. Because I know the shop I was working in when they first came out, we could not keep them in the shelf, on the shelves. I mean, they were they were gone as soon as they were in. Well, it's such a unique concept in tobacco. I don't know if I've ever described it on the show before, but basically the barns where they hang this tobacco, they cover the floor in sawmill slats and about 18 inches of sawmill dust. They dig pits out in that sawmill dust and light coal fires and let it burn. And it burns the floor of the barns literally on fire, but it's a smoldering fire and it fills the whole barn they seal the barn up it fills the whole barn up with smoke for 10 days then they turn the sprinklers on with the tobacco back down let it rest a day and then they do 10 more days wow so when that this smoky tobacco that's where that real smoky flavor comes out and it is delicious i'm not a big fan of i don't like flavored cigars at all or infused cigars i but that is one that brings more flavor to the party but I wouldn't call it a flavored cigar by any stretch of the imagination, but it is a very, very good cigar. I, I, I need to pick one of those up and see what the Candela does for it. 
And I don't think Drew Estate offers a Candela wrapper in anything else. Not that I'm aware of. So, very good. It it takes the bite off. It takes a little bit of the bite of that smoky tobacco off having the Candela. Because to me, Candela always tastes creamy. Mm-hmm. Good Candela. Now, bad Candela just tastes bitter. But, I've always said that Candela, to me, tastes like the dirt it was grown in. That's not necessarily a bad thing, but I can always... T- it, it feels earthy. And I get that, that green, you know, kind of grassy flavor to it that... That's what I always notice. So I think it paired with that cigar. I'm interested to try it. It's it's an interesting blend. I'll I'll, I'll be interested once you tried it. Now, Austin got in the Romeo Five O Fives. Did you get to smoke one of those yet? Oh, the Nick. Oh, yes, I did. Uh, that was everything. I I should have waited and smoked it on the podcast. It was everything you described to a T. I mean, it was such a good cigar. It was something I've been missing for a while. You know, it was one of those cigars that, and you know, forgive me, I'm smoking another cigar right now, so I'm kind of f- forgetting the memory of it a little bit, but it was just, it was that rich, spicy Nicaraguan that you expect. Um, and for the price, you know, speaking of cigar for the price and, and being worthwhile, you can't beat it. Yeah, the money on it is right. The you know because okay, so first let's establish the price range of a good cigar. Um, anything, any cigar price, eh, you're not going to find a lot of great cigars at three dollars. No, you're going to find one or two at four dollars. Now you get to five, you can get a little better. See the Baccarat, which I like, is four dollars. See, I see, I don't like that cigar at all, but. But I, fair point, point taken. Um, you know, $5, $6, you can kind of keep going up and getting better cigars. But where do you reach the point of diminishing return? Is it when you cross $25? Is it when you cross $20? Is it 18 At what point does a cigar have to knock your socks off to be worth the money? For me, I think the line is at $30. And I know that's way up there. But... The now, granted, take into consideration that the um, the Perdomo Edición de Silvia Solomon in the coffin box. When I smoked it in Georgia, they had a twenty six percent excise tobacco tax, so it was twenty two bucks. It wouldn't necessarily be over twenty everywhere that you go, but at twenty two bucks, yeah. Well, and this is a chicken or the egg type question for me. I want to bring up the point. Nobody has the worst day of their life. You know, their dog gets hit by a car, their wife leaves, and they go and buy a $40 cigar to try to compensate. You generally only pick up a $20 or higher cigar when you've already had a pretty good day. It's usually a celebration. Right. So how much does that affect, how much does that pricing figure into, okay, he's, he's not going to spend 20 bucks for a cigar unless he's having a great day. So the cigar performance is going to somewhat be affected by that. I think there's something to be said for that. Um, you know, because bad things happen in your life and you tend to go more introspective. You don't tend to spend on it. So I can see how... You know, it, it just elevates the experience just by what you bring into the And we've talked about that before. You bring to the cigar as much as it gives to you. 
Well, and when I'm having a bad day, if I'm having a real bad day and it's been stressful and things are hard to get around to and all that, it's kind of like comfort food. I tend to want to go back to a cigar that I know is going to perform. You know, I'm going to reach for a Don Gonzalez because I like Pedro's stuff. I'm usually going to reach for one of those because it's kind of like smoking with my friend when I sit there and smoke one of his cigars. Mm -hmm. So I think there's something to be said for that, too, because nobody started out, you know, comfort food. Comfort food is what people go back to, and it generally was made because people were, it was a a lower income food. Oh, I, I don't even feel ashamed at telling you, you know what I had for dinner last night? Macaroni and cheese. It was just one of the, like, I left work just a little downtrodden and just kind of beat all the heck. And I, that's what I want. I I just wanted macaroni and cheese for dinner. And I'm going to pull the show over here. I've got to step away from cigars and I need to say something. People, macaroni and cheese is fine. Quit goofing with it. I nope. just nope no I'm sorry I'm going to I'm going to pull the show over to the other side of the road and tell you no put bacon in it put burgers in it put buffalo chicken in it put stuff in macaroni and cheese my favorite way to enjoy macaroni and cheese is as a fried patty on top of a burger you give me a grilled cheese burger and that's better than uh, let's make this podcast friendly a good evening with a very fine woman. See, I, I, I like simplicity. There is a, a harmony. There is a romance to simplicity. I don't want breadcrumbs in my macaroni. I don't want bacon bits. I don't want my macaroni to show up in odd places. And, hey, if you put hamburger and macaroni, you have made goulash. <laughs> At some point, it is no longer macaroni and cheese. It is goulash with cheese in it. <laughs> <laughs> no, see, I'm I am definitely the opposite. There used to be this place in Atlanta that I would go to, and they called them fart biscuits. But they, it would basically, you know, you go to places and they do the the mozzarella sticks, but they do them in different shapes. This place did them with macaroni and cheese, and they were fried in little triangles, bread breading on the outside, and they would. It was two smash patties of of burger, American cheese, a fart biscuit, and then they would do it all over again. The burger was, you know, as big as your arm. And, oh, my God. Yeah, no. Give me macaroni and cheese anywhere in any form with anything in it. We'll have to agree to disagree. Our our culinary palates are very different (laughs) because... I don't, I don't want a lot of funny stuff in my coffee. I like my coffee to taste like coffee. I don't want a lot of funny stuff in my macaroni and cheese. I don't think sweet potatoes should be made into fries. I have very simple, clear tastes. And please, don't pass sweet potato fries off to me and act like they're healthy. They're fried. They're not. This will be the last episode of the Cigar Cast, and <laughs> I'm just I'm destroying Trey's childhood. No, in in every other way, I agree with you. I'm a man of very simple taste. Black coffee, and in most cases, burgers and all other types of food, I get as plain as possible because I like the basic flavors to be able to show same. This is the same reason I don't like flavored cigars. See how I brought it around. <laughs> same reason I don't like flavored infused cigars. I want sim- simpleness and, you know, just very basic done well, but 
Man, when it sweet potato fries are awesome, man. Ooh, no, sweet potatoes should be enjoyed with just a little butter, a little honey. That's that that to me is the way a sweet potato comes alive. I don't want the marshmallow flambe on top of it and all that. No, stuff No, I agree either. with you on that. I, but that's a southern thing, I think. So I don't know if that's universal or not. Well, butane torches are meant for plumbing. They are not meant for pastry. <laughs> I'm just going to come on ahead and say it. <laughs> but coming back to cigars, coming back to cigar for the money. So there's a lot of cigars out there. Do you have this experience that you smoke it and say, boy, if that cigar was $5 cheaper, I would smoke it all the time? Yes, and I don't want to name names uh, on the podcast, but I there are a couple when you say that that I think of, you know, there are cigars, for, for me, when I'm, th- retroactively, when I'm thinking of a cigar, I go, there are, there are two ways I feel about it. I wish it was twice as long. I wish it was half the price. And it seems to be one or the other most of the time. And yeah, there are definitely cigars. I mean, because there are, because I know what goes into a cigar, I assume good intent on the part of the manufacturer that if they say it costs that much, it probably costs that much to make. And so I, I'm okay with it. But with so much competition from really great boutiques right now that are making fantastic cigars in the $10 range, I don't need to smoke a $16 cigar. I just don't. Well, you know, the um, the Padrone Pyramid is a great example of a wonderful cigar that is priced right. The Padron Pyramid's about 18 bucks, And it's pyramid-shaped. It's about six and a half, seven inches long. Have you had a pyramid yet? I have. Um, we had a Padron game at the um, cigar shop where everybody put in a Padron. And because the cheapest Padron, because I refused to let them put in a Padron 9000 and call it a Padron, <laughs> um, the cheapest Padron that it, out there was the Pyramid. So we had like 10 Pyramids in the pot. Well, this was also in a time of transition at the shop where I th- believe that was the only the only Padron in the humidor. Yeah, before Austin bought the shop, we wanted to have a Padron game, but there wasn't enough Padrones in the humidor to have a game. Yeah. <laughs> so thankfully, Austin has remedied that, that the... the Humidor is in excellent shape. Speaking of which, let's talk about his event that just took place last weekend. Uh, you and I were both there, hung out for quite a while. Man, I had a blast. I had a lot of fun. And to me, it was everything a cigar event should be. You come in the door, they had Trip and um, LFD was over on one side, and CAO and... Unfortunately, I can't remember his name. Yeah, he wasn't very remarkable. In my name, and he's the brand ambassador for CAO, and I was not overwhelmed with his presence. Well, I I think Austin did such a fantastic job of setting up the shop. Uh, anyone who's been to that shop knows the layout. Um, it you walk into the center of the room. There's a bar on the far right. There's TVs and lounge chairs on the far left, and then there's some little cafe tables in the middle that you walk through to get to the humidor. We moved to those cafe tables out, and it was just it was like one of those military ceremonies where you walk through and they've all got the, the sabers held aloft but it was instead it was just lined with these tables full of cigars it was brilliant and so you going back to one of our etiquette tips of the week that, that tim hall shared you know if there's an event 
you know, take take time to listen to the rep and see what's going on because that's what he's there for. There was no way to get to that humidor without talking to a rep, and it was really good from that standpoint. And the place was standing room only for most of the night. It was packed. I spent most of the night outside. Um, I assisted with the cornhole tournament and getting that off the ground first. I still smell shenanigans. <laughs> I didn't win. I came in second. You but, sure put a hurting on me and Gerald, that's for sure. Well, I did. I did have a very good game for a couple of games with um my my interim partner because Austin had, had started out as his partner and then Austin had to go do owner stuff, so I took over. Priorities. Come on, man. Yeah. <laughs> work starts getting in the way of your cornhole game. It's time to quit work, fellas. Well, that's <laughs> you know? exactly right. But excellent time. Everybody was there. There was a Gar beer takeover. Did you have one of the triple Belgians? I did. I had one because I, I think everyone probably pretty much had one because after that, the, the keg blew. It, they ran out so quickly because their, their stuff is good. I don't know. I know you're not just a terrible beer fan, but I can drink a little bit of anything and everything, and I really enjoyed their stuff. It was my first time having Gar beer, and I would definitely pick their stuff up again. Well, my father came, and he, and he has a beer. I don't drink much beer. I'm, I'm just not a fan of it. And um, I went and got him a triple Belgium, and he said it was wonderful. He said it was one of the best beers he had had. He was actually looking for one later in the night when he found out that they were already sold out. I'm a big fan of the Belgian style. Again, I guess we're pulling the show over again. This is what happens when we don't have a guest to keep us on point. Um, I'm a big fan of Belgian style beers because they're very malty. And despite the fact that I drink mostly IPAs when I'm out, just because I know they'll be good and I don't have to worry about getting a beer that I'm not going to like for the first time, but I really like a good malty Belgian. That's why I drink Scheinerbach most of the time when we record is because it's that same type of style. And they did it so well. And their their ABV was right about, right around 9%. But it didn't you didn't taste the alcohol. It wasn't so overpoweringly strong. It was actually really good. Anybody that is in the vicinity where you can pick up a Gar Triple Belgian, I definitely recommend you seek it out. Well, they did an excellent job with the beer. Um, former guest on the show, Bo performed, and I thought Bo did excellent. He had everybody rocking. Mm-hmm. Lots of good old country music mixed with some of the newer stuff. So, um, no drum machines. He actually had a real drum player there. He sure did. Uh, to me, drum machines are ruining music. <laughs> but, but coming back to cigars, um, I had the LFD. They have an event-only cigar that you bought for and you got one free, and that was the free one, the event-only cigar. It was good. It was a good LFD, but I'm I'm still going to be either a double a hero or a chisel point when I reach for LFD. See, that's what I I had the chisel. Um, I had the triple a hero chisel, not the chapter one, and that's that's still the best cigar they make to me. I think that it's the perfect size for that blend. I think it's perfectly priced at right around eleven bucks. Yeah, they do so much great stuff with that shape that it's gotten to, it's gotten to be a bit of a lighthouse for me. Whenever I see it, I, I'm just drawn to it. Well, and the La Granu that they have, mm-hmm. which is again a very affordable cigar, ten nine ten bucks, and that's a a long smoke. It takes me about an hour and a half to really get through a La Granu. 
it's a six by sixty, but it seems like it smokes nice and slow, just that steady, steady flow. But let's talk about an eight dollar cigar of the week. Well, let's do it. So this week, being as I'm smoking it, I'm going to go ahead and talk about the Swamp Rat, or the Swamp Thing, actually. Um, they have three sizes. They have the Toro, they have the Robusto, and then they have the Swamp Rat size. The Rat size um, is the more Lancero, but like I talked about earlier, it's a chubby Lancero. But all these cigars, they're six seventy five to seven seventy five. Great price. Um, if you could put a cost for flavor on these cigars they would be a $15 cigar because it's a lot of flavor coming out of this cigar I mean a lot of aroma a lot of um, just taste and being as the Kentucky fire cured tobacco is only grown one place in the world in Kentucky and all I've been to the farm where they grow it um, it still amazes me that they're able to keep the price down to that level that really surprises me especially as much marketing as they do yeah um, you know, the even the regular Kentucky Fire Carrot is still within that price range, and it's one of those cigars that just makes a great go-to. It makes a great go-to. My only thing, I don't smoke a KFC if I'm at the poker game. If there's 10 of us at the table and it's a little tight. I, I wish can't. we could create a rule that said so. <laughs> yes. Oh, last call always smokes a KFC yes. there at the game. And it's a little strong for a, for a tighter environment where you're going to be around people that close. I, and I'm cognizant of that. I don't want to smoke a super aromatic cigar or a super smoky cigar. Um, you know, we spoke with Kyle last week about the Nica Rustica. Yeah. And the volume of smoke that comes off of that cigar. It's like it's got a piece of hickory run through the middle of it, the way it smokes. And so, but I'm the same way. I mean, you're talking to a guy when I'm walking down a sidewalk or I'm in public. If I see a kid, I always hold, you know, I don't smoke around children. And so I always, you know, hold the cigar away. Like I think about my smoke and its impact on others. So to that end, I completely agree with you when you're an entire in a tight environment. I mean, I used to come from a cigar shop where they would politely request that if you were going to smoke an acid or an otherwise infused or flavored cigar, that you would not do so in the main lounge. And as much as I don't want to be that guy that puts that, that pretentiousness into the industry, I kind of understand why people do it because it does affect everyone else's enjoyment of their own cigar. It does, as well as my my pet peeve, and we've done an etiquette tip of the week on this, is people smoking cigarettes in a cigar lounge. Don't do it, people. If you're going to go to a cigar lounge, smoke a cigar. Right. I mean, and and if it's a strength and size thing, they cigarillos are the same size as a cigarette. They taste like a non-filtered, but a little bit better. It's it's not going to kill you. It, definitely not as much as a cigarette. Well, anyway. Well, and Padron has their Panatella size. They've even got into the Panatella market. I bought two packs of theirs in Maduro. Um, the pack of five of them was like $23, so it was a little on the high end. Mm-hmm. But they're that good size. I had them we canoed last weekend, and when we were canoeing, that's what I had was those little Panatellas. Is that what you were smoking over there? Oh, yeah. And it was perfect because it was the the right size to still be able to manipulate my rod and reel and catch more fish than you and do all the things like that that I need. You had a pilot. (laughs) 
<laughs> I was in a 15 and a half foot canoe by myself. I was having to steer, paddle, fish, drink. Uh, it was, it's too much to ask of a man. That's true. I, I can understand that. My brother-in-law was with us, and he was not fishing, and he was handling the navigation and the paddling and things like that. So I had full time to donate to my smoking and fishing pleasures. Although I do believe that uh, red eye I caught was the biggest of the day. You did get big fish. If we had if we had had a buck on big fish, you would have probably carried it. See, it's quality over quantity. Uh, I'm I'm quantity over quality when it comes to fishing. I'm always going to try to catch the most of them I can because I turn them back anyway. They're only, (laughs) yeah, I'm just, I'm, I love to fish, but I'm not a huge fish eater. So, but which the fish, which the fish are really appreciative of. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Other than a little sore lip. I mean, they really don't take any damage from this process. But coming back to cigars, coming back to the $8 cigar of the week, the Swamp Things have started showing up in stores. They've got the wrapper right. They've got the blend right. Um, even if you don't like Candela, if you and if you've ever smoked a KFC and just said, no, that's way too aromatic for what I like, try the Swamp Thing because it is a little less aromatic. It does That cream does take a little bit of that bite off the top of that cigar. Is this going to be a limited run, limited release, or is it pretty much going out with their main line? It's a staple of the line. They oh, introduced excellent. it at the show last year, and then they had those the stutter step and the hard time getting them out and getting the wrapper right. But I believe they have all of those issues resolved. And like I said, I've enjoyed the the bedibis out of this cigar well i think we're gonna hang out and finish our cigars because uh, i can't wait to hear your review once you get down to the actual kfc wrapper on the on the foot of the cigar or on the head of the cigar um but for this week i think that's uh that's all we got as far as cigar cast goes well enjoy your cigar enjoy the rest of your cigar and everyone out there enjoy your cigars this week you can always get a hold of us at info at the cigar cast um, we will have some contests coming up soon where you interact with us to win some ashtrays and some different things like that. You can also go to facebook.com slash thecigarcast. We're also thecigarcast on Instagram and Twitter. That's right. And so we look forward to hearing from you, and we will see you next week. Adios, mis amigos. Adios.